मैत्री करुण मुदीत उपेक्ष Next, let's talk about the four flowers, which means the four ways that these mental seeds ripen. In order to better understand our experiences, okay? If we understand these four, we can like work on seeing these, how these mental seeds are these results how the our experiences are results of mental seeds when we understand these um, four flowers it, it gives us a way to investigate this idea so the first of the four flowers is that these mental seeds ripen as some similar event to the way in which they were planted so we've already said that you reap what you sow that's very similar um but in where when we're working on like trying to show this to ourselves look look for things that are similar right? giving will come back to you as getting right prosperity having enough to give more uh harming comes back as hurting you know getting hurt being hurt in whatever way etc. So seeds ripen in a similar way. Seeds ripen as the habit of reacting in the same way as you reacted when you planted them. So that natural habit of getting angry when someone's angry at us mm. is seeds. And nothing but seeds, right? We're not naturally angry people and so we get angry. Neither is the person who's always getting angry with you. right they're being forced to get angry by the ripening of these angry seeds and then you get angry more and then you see more angry people and then you get angry more and then you oh. see more angry people the same with unkindness right the same with stinginess the same with you know any of these negative things that we experience as unpleasant but the same with kindness right that ripens as the habit of being kind the habit of being generous ripens as the habit of being more generous right the habit of being thoughtful ripens as the habit of being more thoughtful and more thoughtful people in your world as well seeing more thoughtfulness seeing more kindness right the habit third they ripen into our environmental uh circumstances But when we think environment, we think you know the trees, the plants, the traffic and stuff, but it includes the people. Our people are our environment as well. And so this environment including the people will ripen according to the seeds you have planted and no. Uh, they'll reflect the behavior that you did when you planted that seed. So it's like you can look at your world and if there's anything in your world that you find pleasurable you can say I did that because that's the only place it can come from right somewhere give me a pleasurable thing 
I mean, this amazing car that I drive, you know, it doesn't take any gas, it makes no noise, it has no keys. You start it with a push button, and then it talks to you and tells you where to go. It's like, that's pretty amazing, you know, for me. It's like, how did I create that? I must have created that. Because I help people get where they wanted to go, I help them start things, I help them with their directions, and somehow I help them get places that didn't use gas. You know, I must have carried somebody on my back. <laughs> or, you know, I walked a lot of Diamond Mountain. That's what it comes from, doesn't it? Hey. The example I like for this one, the environmental factors, because it takes it a little bit more subtly, is, for example, if we have, <coughs> if we have like, the habit of lying, right, telling little untruths or big ones, that will, can ripen as an environmental factor such as those times that you go to the grocery store and the fruit looks fabulous and you buy a bunch and you get it home and it tastes terrible or it's rotten. Right? The fruit has lied to you. It looked delicious. It was yucky. Right? The fruit has lied to you. So it's like, it takes a little, what do you call that? Uh, extrapolation. Extrapolation, right to see how the seeds are ripening, but it works the same way. Uh, you'll also, the environment of lying will also ripen people who lie to you, and it will ripen people who don't believe you even when you are speaking the truth. Yeah, This environment that reflects those seeds comes out. Okay. And then the fourth one here in the four flowers is that we never run out of seeds. The reason that's true is that we're planting them at 65 for finger snap. We're ripening them at 65 per finger snap. But there's this time delay between the ones we've planted and the ones we've ripened. And during that time delay, they're growing. So there's always more. There's always more to throw your future. You will never run out of mental seeds. There will always be a me and my world. It may look really, really different all of a sudden. And we call that dead, right? And you're on to something else. Because the moments of mind don't stop just because the body stops because you've got these seeds that you're never run out of. Right? You can change them. Right? You can create new ones if you don't like the ones you have, but you're never going to run out of them. Even reaching your ultimate goal, whatever that is, we call it Buddhahood, it's not that you've run out of seeds at that point. It's just all your mental seeds are now totally pure. Perfect love, perfect compassion, perfect omniscience, perfect emanation. Yeah? But the process is the same. It never stops. It never wasn't. It always has been. Which is why they talk about this thing, beginningless time, right? That we can't, that with my limited intellect, I can't really comprehend what that means. But when you start looking at it logically, you can prove it to yourself. 
because every moment of awareness had to have been preceded by a moment of awareness and there isn't ever a moment of awareness that you can find wasn't preceded with a moment of awareness and that takes you to beginninglessness and it takes you to endlessness but not endlessness in terms of suffering right so yeah so these are the four flowers so we had the four laws now we have the four flowers the next four is called the four steps right so when we've got our mind wrapped around these four laws about how these mental seeds are planted and ripened and these four flowers about how their results become everything that we experience our natural next thought is so what do I do you know there must be a way I can work with this material because otherwise you're just giving me information and not helping me so the next two sets of four are called the four steps and the four powers. So the four steps are the steps that we use for creating the results that we want. For creating the seeds that will bring about the kind of self and world that we want to be in. Included in those four steps is the secret to being able to recognize or mm, being being able to stir forth the mental seeds that you have already realized are in you. How to stir them forth in a recognizable time frame how to take this delay that can be three countless eons and narrow it down to maybe six months or maybe 24 hours. Yeah, And uh, it's doable, I can say, from experience. So the first of the four steps is what's called proper identification. Now, I'm just going to... I'm not going to go into all of these in detail because that's what we're going to spend the other five classes doing. I'm just going to talk to you about them. These we did a little bit more detail because you need to to know them. Identification. I don't have room, but you know the word. Uh, Number two is planning. Number three is intentional action. is rejoicing there in the completion of the intentional action okay. so proper identification uh, means that we properly and clearly identify what it is we want to create. So, you know that gardener who's thinking about her garden, if she just like reaches into a bag that's got a whole bunch of different kinds of seeds in it, 
and throws them on the ground. Some stuff's going to, and waters it, some stuff's going to grow, but it's going to be like random who knows what. That's, that's how we, that's how we, most of us go through life. Just sort of randomly throwing out stuff and then getting these random results, you know, and so we have this yard that's just full of all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, so most gardeners don't do that. Most gardeners like plan out what they want, right? And go buy the seeds for what they want the result of, and then they stick them in the ground and they say, "I want my carrots over here, and I want my squash over here, and I want my whatever, my daisies over here," because they know that the daisy needs the full sun and the whatever. You know, they they know how they want to arrange it. Right? Some herbs go with some plants and not with other plants. And so the better you know what it is you want to create, the more specifically you can set about figuring out what to do to create that thing. It's, like it's, it's not difficult. The difficult part really is figuring out what we want. So for the purpose of this course, we're going to be talking about this in terms of what what kind of healing we want, or what kind of healing we want to help people get. And so we'll talk about what healing means and whether we have it or not. And it, you know, it's, it's not so cut and dry when you go really looking for this thing called healing or health or cure or whatever it is. Um, so hopefully as a group we'll be able to sort that out a bit so that our proper identification can become clear. Then from this, once we've got that all figured out, for any situation, we, we write, we physically write down in some little book that we keep an I want statement. Mm-hmm. Succinct, direct, short, one thing. I want blah, blah, blah. I mean, it sounds really selfish, and we'll talk about it, because in, in the end it's not. But we have to start there. I mean, we are all selfish beings, mm-hmm. and so we're going to use it wisely. We're going to learn to use it wisely. Right? And then it becomes this hugely powerful force when we turn this selfish me in the right direction. Oh. Instead of letting it rule the roost, we're going to use it. We're going to tame the horse <laughs> and then put it, put it to work. Okay? So proper identification ends up being this I want statement, and we'll talk about it later. After we've decided this is what I want, this is the result I want, you have to plan out how you're going to get it. Right? In the same way that the gardener says, I want tomatoes in July. She's got to go plant tomato seeds in whenever you do that here. In, the, in Arizona, you plant your best garden in September. Wow. And you harvest garden until February or March. You know, it's like completely different than what I grew up with. But you have this great winter garden and in the summer it's just too darn hot for anything. <laughs> you could have a tomato plant that's as big as the house and nothing, no tomatoes will ripen on it because it's too hot. You know, they just sit there and look at you. It's, it's seeds. So planning is we plan out what we, how we're going to plant the seeds for what we want. So our old way is I want a new car. I need to go to the car dealership and decide which one I want and, you know, dicker with the price and 
you know, first I've done my research, and uh, so I know which one, and, and you know, it's just like, <laughs> and if it works to get a car, it wasn't because that's how you did it. You see, we'll talk more about it. So we need to plan out how to make the causes for the result we want, which is a little different way of thinking of it. When we have our proper identification, then we have to find, well, what we do is we find someone who wants or needs something similar to what it is that we're wanting. And we figure out, so that's to whom we're going to do our deeds. And then we figure out what deed shall we do to help that person get something that they want or need that's similar to what I'm looking for. How will I do that? And then you like make a specific plan for how you're going to do it. You figure out what you're going to do, and then you make a plan for how you're going to do it. Okay? That process takes a little bit of time. You have to find your person. You have to contact your person. You have to talk to your person. You have to schedule your schedule with the person's schedule in order to do your deed. But then you go and do it. Right? You go and do the thing that you had planned out and then connected with someone. And you don't just do it. You do it with this high level of intention, which is, I'm doing this deed to plant the seed with a powerful karmic object so that I can see the result that I want in a time frame that shows me that what I did made this result, which proves to you that the system works, which adds power to the next time you try it and try it again and try it again and try it again. We're going to be do it designed towards health and healing, but once you learn how to do the process, you can apply it to anything. There's no limit to what you can do to plant the causes for the results that you want. Okay? Um, the intent, the first intentional activity, at part of the action, is that I'm doing this to prove to myself that it works. The second part of that intention is so that, this is our mind saying, so that I can share it with others. So that I, I can prove it that it works for me, so that when someone says, how did you do that? You can say, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. right? Let me share with you how this works. Because it's the sharing with others how it works video quarter recording that's going to ripen as you seeing yourself sharing it with others more more people understanding it you sharing it more 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 until your whole world understands that in order to get what they want we first need to share with others help others get what they want now how selfish is that if the only way we can get what we want is to help somebody else get what they want first, that's using our selfishness wisely. Right? If we didn't want something, we would never do anything. We would never go help anybody with anything. We would all just be like blobs in bed all day long. Like that little, what was that movie? Doesn't matter. Uh, intentional action. So this system works even if you don't have that high intention. But it works way faster if you do. Because it does this spiral thing. 
So it doesn't just get you what you want, it gets you an entire world of people getting what they want. And that includes you. So it's like <laughs> there's nothing else to do. Really, once we get it, once you're like cursed with this, it's like, sorry, you know, you have to be wisely selfish forever now because now you know and every time you're stupidly selfish you're just like hammering yourself on the foot you know Mm -hmm. just stop doing it you know (laughs) oh my life is so bad my life is so bad just let go of the hammer you know (laughs) It's it's so beautiful but these three are not enough it takes a fourth part and the fourth part is the rejoicing by rejoicing I mean being happy being happy for what you did, being happy for having planned it out, being happy for having decided what you want, and being happy for in trying to help other people be happy, being happy. Of all three of these, this one is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Our minds like start out to say, oh, I'm happy that I did such and such, and my mind goes, yeah, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> You didn't do this, or you did it like that, or, you know, the yabut is so strong, this yabut monster. But if you can get beyond it, if you can silence the yabut, this rejoicing practice is so wonderful. And and it's the secret weapon. It's what takes these seeds that we have in there and, like, raises them to the top and then pops them forward. So to be happy with the goodness that we do helps us see more goodness being done. Specific goodnesses and non-specific goodnesses. So this practice says, you know, before you go to bed at night, just lay down, stare at the ceiling, and think about the good things you did. Specific good things you did, right? Specific to your four laws, four flowers, four steps that be specific to your what you want statement. But you don't have to stop there. right? You can go to all the other ones that you've done and there's no, uh, there's no what is it, there's no uh, expiration, expiration date right? in what we can rejoice for. And so you can think back, you know, maybe in second grade, right, you helped some friend do something, get something, maybe you help them, I don't know, learn to read. And if you're having trouble understanding some new system, like running my telephone, (laughs) I might want to spend some time rejoicing for having helped, you know, my seven-year-old buddy learn something new. You know, a specific event, though, We'll talk more about it specifically. Uh, it's, it's a very hard practice to get your mind to do until you catch on. And then it's very fun. And, uh, and then you don't have to wait until before you go to bed. Right? You can do your rejoicing all day long. You know, as you see people doing kind things for other people, you know, as you experience pleasantnesses, as you're doing something kind for someone else, you can be being happy with what you have done. And it will start the spiral 
going. Bigger, higher, you know how spirals go. Uh, okay. The four steps. The four powers is the last of the four. Of the four by four, but it's not the last four that we'll learn. Many other fours. So when we were talking about the pen and the video recorder going and kindnesses bringing pleasantnesses and unkindnesses bringing unpleasantnesses, very likely our minds got to thinking of all those mean things we've done. You know, all those selfish things we've done. Mm. And we got to thinking, you know, are all the ugly things we see in our world, if you are like me. And uh, we start naturally thinking, well, if everything is a result of my own seeds, then I'm to blame for all of it, the good and the bad. And it's like, if what, if since beginningless time, I've had this stain of misunderstanding my world, of, of thinking that things had their own nature, mm-hmm. and so reacting to grasp to them instead of reacting to give them away, I have all these negative, selfish seeds in my heart. What do I do? You know, it's like, am I like scrubbed? No, we have the four powers, you know, thank goodness, because nothing has a nature of its own. Even our mental seeds have no nature of their own. Doesn't mean we can change them by wishing, but it means that we can affect them by the other seeds we put in there. So these four powers are the activities that we do to affect these seeds that we have that we don't want in a way that will either ripen them sooner before they get big enough to be worse or to damage them so much that they won't ripen at all. Okay? So there the four powers goes like this. The first one is called recognition. In the scripture it's called refuge. Second one is regret. Third one is remedy. Sometimes remedy is fourth, other times it's third. Fourth one is restraint, the power of restraint. Okay. So just like the four steps where you had to have all four of those steps in order for the hmm, this new behavior to be done so strongly that you can see the results in a recognizable time frame, this four powers, this power of weeding out our bad seeds, needs to have all four of these factors uh, complete in order for us to really uh, affect those mental seeds. Right. So the four recognition or refuge is our recognition that first of all we've got negative seeds in us right so it could be related to a, some specific event 
either a, an unpleasantness that you're experiencing right now. Say there's you know some unpleasant situation at your work and you're trying to sort it out. Or you recall in your life some negative thing that you did that now that you realize this thing about seeds, you're like, <gasps> you know, when that comes back to me, it's going to be terrible. Mm. Right? So many of us have one or more of those. <laughs> so that's a good place to start. And to recognize it is your first step. Right? I have the seed for fill in the blank. I'm not even going to pull out an example. You all have your own. Part of the recognition, though, is also reviewing in your mind this thing about seeds, right? That whole situation happened and I acted the way I did because I had mental seeds that made me do it, right? Doesn't mean I'm not responsible, but it means that I can influence that seed. And because I understand about the known self nature of it, I can do these things that I'm going to prevent it from continuing to grow and maybe I can stop it altogether. That's recognition and that's called refuge. Going for protection in your understanding about this thing about the reality. Regret is this powerful, powerful force. It's an emotion, right? Regret that says to your mind, I'm really, really sorry I did that. It's not guilt. Right? We beat ourselves up so well, we don't need to do it as part of our four powers. Right? In fact, don't let your mind go there. This is just plain regret. And there's a classical uh, description to help us understand what regret is. And it goes like this. These three hot and tired guys go into a bar. And they all just like say to the barkeep, we'll take that. And they point at a bottle. And so in his rush to serve them, the barkeep grabs the bottle, pours out the three glasses, they all go, you know, clink, salute, and down the hatch. A few seconds later, one guy seizes, drops over dead. The other two guys look at each other. The second guy seizes, drops over dead. The third guy at that moment has this big regret that he drank that stuff, right? He doesn't feel guilty. You know, he's not, you know, woe is me. He's just like... Ah, I'm really sorry I did that. And that's the feeling we're wanting to cultivate in this idea of regret. You know, I did this thing. At the time, I thought it was okay. You know, or I wouldn't have done it probably. But now I understand how it's going to come back to me, and I really don't want that. And now I really regret. I regret that I misunderstood. I regret that I did the deed. I regret that I've let it go on for so long. I really regret I did that, right? That alone is enough to take these seeds and like, I don't know, grind them somehow. But it's not enough to completely stop them, right? We also need what's called a remedy and a restraint. So the remedy power is that we say to ourselves, I'm going to do something to make up for this. Something specific, something over a certain period of time, And when you finished that promise, you've done it, know that that seed is done. If you make this promise and you don't do it, then the seed is not done. Maybe it's damaged, maybe it's changed, but 
it isn't going to be done and you've added the one of saying I'm going to do something and not do it right which comes back as people not doing things that they say they're going to do for you and the habit of not carrying out you know so it's like we're dealing with seeds even when we're dealing with the four powers so our remedy is some deed to make up for the thing and the rule of thumb is just do the opposite you know so for example you know maybe you're regretting some act of killing that you might have done I mean most of us will euthanize a pet when it gets sick right and it's totally accepted in our culture and you know who would feel guilty about it I help stop their suffering but when we start to understand about seeds we realize that we now have the seed to be euthanized when we get sick now maybe that's not a bad thing right but maybe it is you know who decides how sick you are right I did for my pet she didn't so it's like I realize I have this seed that maybe I don't want in there and I really regret it and I'm gonna I want to do the opposite behavior so maybe now I need to go and find a pet that's due to be euthanized like at the pound and adopt it and take care of it until it dies a natural death right that may take me 20 years to burn off the seed right but it burns it off I've done the opposite most of the things that we'll do as our remedies you know won't be quite so long but just as an example and then the power of restraint is that you promise to yourself that you won't do that deed again because if we do our recognition do our regret do our remedy but then go and do the deed again you know you rip out one you put in one you haven't helped yourself too much right so our power of restraint is necessary to to completely stop those seeds from ripening right so that our mind has the video recorder has included in this power of ripping out our seeds is I will not do it again and I haven't done it again right but that means like for euthanizing a pet you probably can say I will never do that again right because one way to do that is to not have a pet or you know you have the pet that you get and now I'm just gonna take care of it until it dies naturally and you can do that I mean you can actually do that but what if what you're working on is this habit of getting angry when somebody gets angry at you mm. you know we can't really stop that habit we can't say I will never get angry again I just try it it doesn't work yeah. you know in fact if you try it you'll be angry 30 seconds later at something <laughs> it's like you're dare double dare you know it's like yeah try it but you can say I won't get angry at so-and-so for the first five minutes that I'm with them mm. right that person that really pushes your button but then you have to do it you have to really do it so be really really reasonable with yourself when you're applying these four powers in a like in a specific way for a specific thing that you want to change in your world um, be really careful with your power of restraint this is one that I know from personal experience that is easy to get sloppy with and think you're doing it 
and you're not really doing it. And then you don't see the result that you want, and so then you get sloppy with all four of your powers. You know, and so I mean, I'm talking to myself here, and uh, so it's important to include those four. But when we have all four happening, you damage those seeds, like the euthanizing the dog seeds, to the extent that it's they won't ripen. Now, how do you know? You know, through countless eons, you'll never be euthanized? Theoretically. But we can't really know that until we've proved this whole system to ourselves uh, by applying it and in little ways and seeing these little results. And then at some point, we'll have, we'll have enough proof on the little things that we'll be able to say, okay, you know, I do believe that my being euthanized seeds are gone now. They also say that something happens when you do like a big four powers, like one for euthanizing a dog, for instance, and you, you do all four, that something will happen that will be a sudden ripening of something dramatically unpleasant that arises very rapidly and then passes very rap- rapidly, completely resolves and leaves no residual at all. Um, my husband had something similar during in retreat, like into the second year where we were starting to go much much deeper. He broke out in the shingles, and you know that's a really painful thing, and it can last six or eight weeks or longer. But now they have medicine for it. Well, we just happened to have a dermatologist in retreat with us, and so she prescribed him the that medication that's available now that wasn't available ten years ago. Congratulations to everybody. And he was able to get it within two days, which normally it would take a month to get something that you requested. But he got it within two days, got the medicine, his shingles cleared up within two days. You know, and it's like rapid ripening, rapid clearing. He had purified something that he had been working on. You know, so it's like, you know, it's when we learn to look at these things in that way, we're, we start to get our proofs of what we're working on. Okay? So, hmm, good timing. We did good. So, you now know the 4 by 4 You know the 16, the four laws of the four flowers, the four seeds, <coughs> and the four powers, which is the 16 ways in which you can change your world. Okay? And now for the next six weeks, we get to play with that and learn how to actually use it at the grocery store, you know, at our work, at home, so that we can start to see the results happen in ways that you can prove to yourself that it works. Good. Okay. So remember your intention to learn something that you would use to help other people? You did. Whether you think you did or not, you did. And so accept that, appreciate that, rejoice for that. And just set in your mind right now the intention to help somebody with it. Buy it. You don't have to give them this four by four lecture, but just, you know, share with somebody that kindness begets kindness. Kindness begets pleasure. Right? In some way, it can just be uh, by your example, if you want. It doesn't have to be a verbal teaching, but just share it with somebody because that's 
how we get it. That's how it comes back to us. Maitri karunam muditam upeksham Maitri karunam muditam upeksham